South Africa is going through its worst ever period of electricity rationing. The crisis is seeping into all sectors and spheres of society across the country. But when it comes to a few JSE-listed stocks, there's always a sector or some companies that uh, stand to benefit from load shedding. A good example would be Roynet. But let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Alan Dixon, CEO of Roynet, uh, he joins us now as we find out whether the group's investment in alternative energy is proving to be beneficial or not. Thank you so much for your time, Alan. Of course, I know that your business does not only consist of the renewable energy unit. Uh, there's way more to the business. But of course, now that renewable energy unit has been highlighted because of the crisis, the energy crisis that we are going through in the country. So let's focus on that. And I actually just want to find out how far and wide does Roynet uh, permeate into the alternative energy space? No, thank you. And uh, pleasure to be here. So Roynet, we are value offering as it stands today, really comprises of four uh, separate elements that are increasingly starting to converge. The first of those elements is we have a leading embedded generation solar energy provider, and we do that in two ways. We either build on the customer's balance sheet, uh, typically a product that we would design and then build a solar plant for a customer, or increasingly we actually own the solar asset. And we then sell electricity to the customer on a long-term power purchase agreement which and that blend of building for the customer and us owning and selling electricity uh, puts us in a very good position in the embedded generation solar market. Our second business is a leading renewable energy storage business called Blue Nova. And there we make a suite of storage solutions. And increasingly, those storage solutions are placed alongside the solar offering that we have to, in one case, stabilize the injection of that renewable energy into the grid, and secondly, to extend the time that a customer can actually be independent from, from the grid. Thirdly, we have a business called CBI Energy, and that business controls energy. So that allows the customer to shape and decrease and remotely operate his energy control and manage his load and his offtake for that. And finally, we have a new business called Apollo Africa, which whilst embedded generation today is for own consumption, we anticipate that in the near future, that excess generation will be able to be wheeled over the grid and Apollo Africa um, facilitates a customer's excess energy to be then wheeled over the grid. So we have solar generation, we have renewable storage, mm. we have the control of the energy through CBI energy, and we have the wheeling opportunity that will increasingly become relevant in the future. Yeah. Alan, how are the margins there, or do, do they differ depending on um, which element you're looking at? It, it does vary, and I think that the offering that Ronit has, I think, is compelling from a customer point of view, because I think the renewable journey is going to go on for some time, and I expect the liberalization of the market to continue, and opportunities for the customer to change his strategy on um, renewable energy and continue to evolve is is highly likely and I think having a offering such as ours and a single point of contact is very useful from a customer point of view and then from a shareholder and investment point of view the exactly the point you've raised which is around margins we have different margins in different areas of that environment and that enables us to be more robust in that margin control and have a better chance of developing sustainable margins yeah what we are seeing though is with all of the interest in renewable energy there is some margin pressure particularly on the solar generation side 
where there's a lot of interest and a large number of new competitors that are coming into that market, uh, really because of the interest that's been created due to the power crisis that we have. Ah. Are you seeing any uh, interesting or specific dynamics in terms of the um, proportion of actual businesses and individual households in, in demand for alternative energy? Yeah, I think there are. So just uh, the market that we address um, is the embedded generation market. So we yeah. look at a 250 kilowatt market and above is our primary market okay. for that. So we address the below 250 kilowatt, which would put you into the call it small business and the homeowners. Yeah, we do. We do that through Nashua, which is another one of our brands. And then we do 250 kilowatts up to about 30 megawatts. We do through Terra Firma Solutions, our solar business. But the trends throughout is that the demand and expectation and wish for people to be putting in renewable energy has just really gone off the scale. And I think it's completely understandable. Whether you're a homeowner, whether you're a small business, whether you're a large industrial business, if you've got energy as a component of your cost and is important in driving your, your business, you need to be looking at alternative sources of power. So we really are seeing a very strong demand um, at, at the moment. And I think pretty much everybody is considering doing it. Um, so uh, in, in our view, this is a market that's going to continue to grow very strongly in, in the medium term. Yeah. Alan, part of your uh, traditional business, if I'm correct, is cabling. And that involves building uh, power cables for ESCOM as well, right? Um, I know that you've said in the past that government spending into electricity infrastructure to support that has been decreasing. Is that still the case? No, we've seen a, we have seen a bit of a reversal in the past financial year in FY22. We had a slightly better uh, investment into, into our cables businesses. But I think renewable energy holistically is going to give a boost to that infrastructure. Oh. We talk about two different types of renewable energy. We talk about embedded generation, which is really what we've spoken about now, which is on-premise uh, renewable energy. And then we talk about the utility scale. Now, the utility scale, which is really where the power cables come into it, both in the collection of the power from whether it be a wind or solar source, yeah. but then also the injection of that into the grid and increasingly the strengthening of that grid. That's all where the power cables start to play out. Yeah. And our view is that um, over, again, a, a longer term period now, this injection into and pressure on renewable energy will be a strong bolster, both through the REIPP program, as well as the grid infrastructure that goes into it, as well as some of the larger embedded generation projects are all going to need heavy cables, which is which will benefit that. So we do see this not a direct reason of, let's call it government investment into that, but the uh, country's investment into its, into its energy will actually be a bolster for us in our cables division. Um, just maybe um, something that could fuel uh, government uh, investment into that. We now have a, a looming, I guess, a national state of disaster where the, the government is still mulling that. And of course, the aim of declaring a national state of disaster means that more resources, particularly financial resources, are available uh, to uh, kind of uh, mitigate uh, the challenge of load shedding. So would you expect a significant upside in that cabling business if that does become the case? Yeah, look, I, I do expect an increase. Um, yeah. You know, many of these projects, uh, an expansion of the grid is an example. It's a yeah. it's a 10-year exercise. It's not something that you turn on 
on tomorrow. You know, you've got servitudes to buy, you've got substations to build, you've got power lines to build. Yeah. So I think what this initiates really for me is rather than it being a binary switch from 10 to 20, it's a long-term investment into the power grid itself, yeah. the generation capability that we have with the country and actually getting it to the consumers themselves. So yeah. I'm hopeful that what we're seeing now with um, this increased investment is a real commitment to long-term electrical infrastructure investment because that's what the country needs at all three levels, generation, transmission, and distribution. And yeah. fortunately, you know, Roynet is um, well positioned to benefit from that, not only in its traditional businesses like cable, but also obviously in its renewable energy businesses, which tap into new generation sources. Well, thank you very much, Alan, for your time and giving us insights into the prospects of uh, Roynet's uh, renewable energy unit. Uh, that was the CEO of Roynet, Alan Dixon.